A late night Wednesday edition sees us continuing to rank the top receivers in Arizona State history, this time focusing on the 2002 top of the list. You probably know who, but we'll have that conversation right now on the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to another edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for all things Arizona State Sun Devils football, basketball, baseball, and otherwise. As always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, such as the Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on YouTube. If you would like to check out this podcast in a visual platform, see my beautiful face. Go ahead, wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, comment, share, five-star, comment, share, subscribe, five-star, comment, share, comment, share, five-star, share, like, all that good stuff. If you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow me at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast while you're there as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Stay up to date with everything going on with your favorite Arizona University. Let's go ahead we're going to get right back into the conversation, ranking the greatest insert position here of the insert time era here. Yesterday, we talked about the best wide receivers of the 2010s. Today, we're going to be focusing on the best wide receivers of the 2000s. Now, a preface here. The 2000s was not a very strong era of Arizona State football. When we were going through on the quarterback and running back addition, running back especially was a very, very difficult just just ranking in general. It was hard to really find any guys that really stood out because the offenses that the Sun Devils rolled out weren't exactly these S-tier kind of kind, kind of units. But there was some quality quarterback play from Andrew Walter and Rudy Carpenter. So with that came came some solid contributions from all sorts of different Sun Devils receivers. And you're going to see that as we go through this list now. So going ahead, I'm actually going to start off with the honorable mentions. And I have two of them. Now, these two, I feel like could surprise some people. The first one I feel like won't be too much of a surprise here. That's going to be Skylar Fulton. Fulton playing from 2000 to 2003. Now, he ended his career with 1,300 receiving yards, however, he did not have a catch his freshman year in nine games. He only had seven catches for 54 yards as a sophomore, 30 for 369 as a junior, but then he exploded as a senior, 62 catches, 901 yards, 10 touchdowns. So it just took Fulton a little while to really get going. And part of that is because he didn't have very strong quarterback play. He did get to play once once uh, Andrew Walter finally took over for the Sun Devils, but he he just he he aged like a fine wine in a sense, but he never really became like this de facto option in the offense. Not not even asking him to be a number one. He just never really took that next step. My other honorable mention, I feel like this might cause a little bit of a stir with some fans. I have the other Kyle Williams on here. Five foot seven Kyle Williams. Now I have him on here despite the fact that he is the 21st 
uh, he, he is 21st, excuse me, all time for Arizona State Sun Devils receiving yards at 1,626. Also managed to haul in 18 touchdowns with a very solid 14.9 yards per catch. Also tallied 130 yards on the ground, so a little over 1,700 yards and 18 total touchdowns for the Sun Devils during his career with the team. I have him as an honorable mention, though. And the reason why is very similar to Fulton is the vast majority of his production came in his senior year. Prior to his senior season, he had just over eight, uh, yeah, ju- just over 800 yards. He had 811 yards in three years before exploding for 815 yards as a senior with eight touchdowns. So I just find it hard to rank him over the guys I have ahead because the production, legitimately, 50% of his production for his career came in one season. I just have a hard time ranking that ahead of some of the guys who were a little more consistent than him. So Kyle Williams does check in on this list. He is just not going to be in my top five. That being said, we are going to go ahead and hop into the top five, starting with Donnie O'Neill. And I feel like this might cause a stir too. Richie, why are you putting Donnie O'Neill, who only played two seasons, ahead of Kyle Williams, who has better numbers across the board. Well, let me explain. Donnie O'Neill was a transfer. He was the Jalen Strong before Jalen Strong. Not quite as good in numbers. But nonetheless, he only played two years with Arizona State. But in those two years, he hauled in 1,372 yards and 11 touchdowns. So he was averaging just shy of 700 yards a season. And by the way, he didn't get the opportunity to play with Andrew Walter for as long as he did. He played with the the, the other quarterbacks of, of the of the 2000. He played from 2000, 2000 and 2001. Now, you'll have to forgive me. I don't remember who that was off the top of my head. I can pull it up here right now for you. But nonetheless, the point is, is he did not exactly get his fair shake of opportunities with the Sun Devils, and he was still able to find a way to be productive for the team. And I feel like that should speak for itself and and the consistency. So he played with Jeff Crone. That's the guy I was trying to think of. He played with Crone and it, it just, what he did in, in a very different, different time for Arizona state football. I, I feel like it's very underrated. I feel like it doesn't get the credit that he deserves. For his career, though, 16.3 yards per catch, almost 700 yards a year, rock solid 11 touchdowns, kind of kind of funny. He had two kick uh, punt returns, one in each season, both going for 26 yards, so a little bit of explosiveness maybe, a little, little movement in the hips, making guys miss, and I'm curious what he would have done if he had gotten to play four years with Andrew Walter or four years with Rudy Carpenter. I feel like there could have been more to Donnie O'Neill's story, but nonetheless, I feel like he put together a very solid two-year stint with the Sun Devils. Does check in 31st for the team in in receiving yards all time, which is why I was thinking someone someone could kind of get upset with me over ranking him ahead of Kyle Williams, who was 10 whole spots ahead of him on the all-time receiving yards rankings. But if you think about it, he's really only about 300 yards ahead of Donnie O'Neill. It's not even 300 yards. So talking about 10 spots when it's such such a small 
small jump from 21 to 31. I feel like you're splitting hairs at that point. So for me, Donnie O'Neill coming in at number five, that's actually, believe it or not, going to go ahead and take us into our first break. When we return from the first break, we're going to hop into numbers four and number three before we close out this podcast with two and one. Of course, this is the Locked On Sentinels podcast. Guys, I know it's that time of year. You're ready to give up on your New Year's traditions, but don't give up just yet. Hear me out, guys. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, and you got to try out everything that they have there. If you haven't had the Puffs yet, you're absolutely missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And, of course, like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate with some fan-favorite flavors like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All so good. They're going to be your new favorite. If you go to built.com and see their macro chart, you're going to be absolutely blown away with everything that you see. They're low, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. You'll be blown away. Most built bars are 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which typically has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bar has lots of great flavors, too, from mint brownie to coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, the white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. They think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it'll be delicious for you. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So do yourself a favor and go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code fifth. <laughs> Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Sun Levels your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune in to the NFL or Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, all week leading up to the first pick. Locked On NFL Draft Live will be found on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. Odyssey NFL NFL Mock Draft will be on Odyssey and Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds. Make sure you check it out April 28th at 7 Eastern. April 29th at 6.30 Eastern, and April 30th at 11.30 a.m. Check out Odyssey NFL Mock Draft, April 18th, 22nd, and 25th. Let's go ahead, hop right back into this conversation now. The best wide receivers of the 2010s going from number five now to number four. We have Michael Jones. Now, Michael Jones being one of the, the main receivers during the Rudy Carpenter era for Arizona State as he played from 2005 to 2008. He was one of those guys who who also got better with age. You'll see a very common theme with these Arizona State receivers that we're talking about. But for Michael Jones, he never was a 1,000-yard receiver. And in his career, 131 catches, 1,853 yards, 17 touchdowns, a more than healthy 14.1 yards a catch, rock solid. 
it was his junior and, se- and senior season that he really started to put everything together and be a consistent and reliable option for the Sun Devils. Catching 700 yards in both those seasons and 14 of his 17 career touchdowns. He he became a reliable facet for the Sun Devils receiving game and passing game that, quite frankly, just didn't have a lot going for it. Again, this is, this is a time in Arizona State history where the offenses weren't exactly these these the blockbuster kind of deals. Like when, when, when Michael Jones was at his best, this was still, this was still a Sun Devils team that was struggling to have any kind of identity. They, they had some, some interesting run game going on. Uh, the, the aforementioned Keegan Herring was Herring, excuse me, was leading the pack for the team. But even, even he wasn't like a, a thousand yard rusher that year. I'm pretty sure. Look, no, 800 yards. So they they didn't have this true identity on offense. They wanted to be a run heavy team. They they were a solid run team. They had options in the passing game. Rudy Carpenter had shown that potential before of being a quality passer, but just never took that next step that we really hoped he was going to be able to take. So Michael Jones providing any kind of stability to the team was very important. So having those back-to-back 700-yard seasons when Arizona State is trying to find its own identity, that's a big deal. And I feel like he needs to be rewarded for that. So while Michael Jones was never a 1,000-yard receiver, while he was never a true number one receiver, and while his impact with the program may not be anything overwhelming, he still winds up number four on on my list. For what it's worth, he is 14th all-time on the team in receiving yards as well. Rock solid contributor, Michael Jones coming in at number four for me. Moving on to number three, I feel like this is where we start to get into a very interesting conversation. Number three for me, I believe is how you pronounce this, Chris Magaha. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Now, Chris Magaha actually checks in 10th all-time in receiving yards. He did cross the 2,000-yard barrier, finishing his career with 2,242 yards, only nine touchdowns, a healthy 13.3 yards per catch. He did not miss a game in his entire career with Arizona State. Very impressive. I feel like in a sport that is constantly having injury-riddled seasons and players who just can't find a way to stay on the field for one reason or another, having guys like Nagaha who can stay on the field, that's that's a rarity. And you want to keep those guys around for as long as you can. So not only for him to stay healthy the whole time, but for him to play all four years at Arizona State, that's something that we should not be taking with a grain of salt. Now, he did top out as a sophomore in 2007 when he got 61 passes for 830 yards. He did only have one touchdown, though. Touchdowns was never his strong suit. His career high in touchdowns was four, which came in his senior season in 2009. So never a touchdown guy. Nine career touchdowns in four years. So. And that's okay. Like, you don't need to be some kind of Jalen Strong red zone guy. You don't need to be Randy Moss. Definitely not. But you do wish that Magaha was able to get into the end zone a little more often than he did. Outside of that, though, I feel like you would really be doing a disservice to not look at him and what he was able to accomplish with Arizona State without giving him the proper credit that he deserves. Magaha was consistent. He also had some 
some returning ability in his career. He he had returned 15, 15 kick returns, 276 yards, only 18.4 a pop. But, I mean, there, there were opportunities that he had where he looked like he could have made a play or two. It, it wasn't anything mind-blowing. And, obviously, when you look at college and you start at the 25 and – you're whopping seven yards shy of that. That's that's not exactly something to write home about, but you got to honor him for the bravery. I, I, I don't know. Maybe if I had watched him back then, because admittedly this is a little before I really dove deep into football. Maybe, maybe seeing him as like a DJ Taylor kind of guy, but the bright side, he did not fumble the football. So there you go. And that's going to wrap up that that right there. So number three for me, Chris Magaha. We're going to go ahead, hop into our final break. Now, when we return, we are going to go ahead and discuss the number two and number one options. And spoiler alert, you know who number one is. You probably know who number two is. Both of these guys were outstanding all-time Sun Devils. Who were they? We'll find out in just a moment on the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why often endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer from their warehouse and choosing the only brand that they happen to carry? You have phones in your pocket that have access to Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, with prices reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com and see what all the parts that are available to your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, guys, let's not waste any more time. Let's just let's wrap this bad boy up. I feel like I could gush about the two guys that we have left to talk about here. And I, I feel like you guys will appreciate this for those of you who have been Sun Devil fans for a long time. You probably know who is topping out this list here, but we're going to go ahead and have the conversation. Anyways, number two, Sean McDonald. McDonald, one of the best deep threats that the Sun Devils have ever had come across their program playing in 2000, 2001, and 2002. This is the only guy for this this list of Sun Devils we talked about that did not play into his senior season. He actually left for the NFL early. It was a fourth-round pick and play, played a couple years in the NFL, uh, drafted by the St. Louis Rams, but he was really, really good with Arizona State. Blew up and lit up, it lit, lit up the Pac-10 as a sophomore in 2001. He only caught 47 passes. He somehow turned it into 1,104 yards and 10 touchdowns, a, a stupid 23.5 yards per catch. For what it's worth, he also had a rushing touchdown. He topped 1,112 scrimmage yards and 11 touchdowns 
in his sophomore year. He did that on just 51 total touches. That's unbelievable. And not, not the biggest guy in the world. I believe he was like a 5'10", 5'11", kind of receiver. But he was quick. He took the top off of defense. And the best part is that wasn't even his best season. Because he goes into 2002, his junior year, he he tops what he just did. Now, the yards per reception goes down from 23.5 to 16.1. But A, that's still really good for a deep threat. B, the numbers were insane. 87 catches, 1,405 yards, 13 touchdowns. Those 1,405 yards, by the way, are the most in a single season for an Arizona State wide receiver standing today in 2022. When you consider the fact that guys like Garrell Robinson, who came really, really close, he actually is second most all-time with very high 1,300s. He was just shy of the record, I believe. But with Robinson not being able to break it, and then Jalen Strong, Nikhil Harry, and Brandon Ayuk all coming in as well and not being able to break it, that's that's beyond impressive for him to be able to have that record standing today. The number one guy on this list also is somebody that I'm surprised wasn't able to top that number, but we will get to him momentarily after we continue gushing about Sean McDonald. McDonald also had some punt return ability as well. In his three years, he fielded 33 punts. Now, 28 of them did come as a freshman. He took one of them to the house, had 293 career return yards, a really, really solid 8.9 yards per return. Phenomenal. So in his career, 26 touchdowns, three seasons, almost 3,000 scrimmage yards, 17.2 yards per touch, 18.4 yards per reception, 24 touchdowns in three years, with 23 of them coming in his sophomore and junior year. The dude was a bona fide deep threat. He might be... Um, so Brandon Ayuk would be the best deep threat we've had since Sean McDonald. Sean McDonald might've been the best deep threat the Sun Devils had since John Jefferson. We really do have to talk about Sean McDonald as one of the best Arizona State Sun Devils receivers of all time. We will be including him in our top 10 all-time spoiler alert, and he's going to make a very, very strong case for top five. Whether or not he'll be there, you guys will have to wait and find out. Hopping over to number one, everybody knows it was going to be Derek Hagan. There, there was never, ever a question about it. Derek Hagan, easily number one on this list. This is the Sun Devils' all-time leading receiver in catches, yards, and touchdowns. 258 catches, 3,933 yards, 27 touchdowns. Also had a pretty good 15.3 yards per catch. The guy did everything as a receiver. Short, intermediate, deep routes. Posted up in the end zone, reliable hands across the middle. Pretty much, you threw the ball in the same zip code as Derek Hagan, he was going to come down with it. Sure handed guy and was very, very important throughout the 2000s for the Sun Devils. He was, he was the offense from 2002 to 2005. He he was the de facto guy. Now, 2002 was his freshman year. This was actually the last year of Sean McDonald and managed to grab 405 yards as like the second, maybe even the third option for Arizona State. But after that, he never he took that turn. He never looked back. 
Sophomore year goes off for 1,076 yards. Junior year, 1,248 yards, which was a career high. Also did that on 83 catches with 10 touchdowns. And in 2005, another 1,210-yard year with eight more touchdowns. So 27 touchdowns in his career, all three of them coming in his in his three years as the number one receiver for the Sun Devils. 3,939 yards, 405 of those came as a freshman. So in three seasons, he had over 3,500 yards. He had 226 catches, and he had 27 touchdowns in those in those three years, if you take away that freshman year. But including that freshman year, he's almost averaging 1,000 yards a season. He was, he was a very, very, very quality receiver for Arizona State, and that's putting it softly. Derek Hagan has a legitimate argument to be the greatest Arizona State receiver of all time. He's certainly the most accomplished. Also, never missed a game. Never, ever missed a game. 2002, he actually found a way to play 14 games for the team. This that was, that was a surprisingly good year for Arizona State if my memory serves. But neither here nor there. Point is, Derek Hagan was the offense for Arizona State when nothing else seemed to be clicking for the team. All time, he's left his mark. This is, this is one of the most reliable playmakers that the Sun Devils franchise has ever seen in its tenure as a football team. You really do, I not exaggerating, you got to put Derek Hagan up there with a John Jefferson or a Charlie Taylor or Jalen Strong or a Nikhil Harry or a Sean McDonald or a Brandon Ayuk or any other guy you want to throw out there. Derek Hagan is near the top, if not at the top. It just depends what your fancy is. Like, I, if you're looking for the explosive plays, then obviously you're going to be looking at like Nikhil Harry or John Jefferson. If you're looking at body of work, Hagan's probably your guy. If you're if you're looking for just overall consistency, again, uh, Hagan's probably going to be your guy. Derek Hagan, I I feel like the national scope on him, he gets overlooked. I feel like Arizona State fans do appreciate him for the most part. I do feel like he doesn't get as much love as he should, but maybe that's me being ignorant. I feel like there must be some kind of recency bias because Hagan hasn't played in almost 20 years for Arizona State, which is a really weird thought because that, that was a dude that even I remember watching as a little kid. And I wasn't a big football fan when he was playing ball. But I I just I, I wish that Hagen got more love than he does because he he truly did everything for the team. It shows up in the box score, and I, I just I, I'll leave I'll leave it at that, I guess. I'm just I'm not sure what else I could say that I haven't said already about Derek Hagen. But Hagen checking in at number one on my list for the top Arizona State receivers of the 2000s. This will wrap up the Wednesday edition of the Locked on Sundowns podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sundowns your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, including but not being limited to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app. We're also on YouTube. If you would like to check out this podcast in a visual platform, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, five-star rate, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcast, Monday through Friday. It's the best Arizona State Sun Devils football, basketball, baseball, and otherwise content 
in the whole entire world. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. Go ahead, do me a favor, make your second listen. Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on the NFL Draft prospects and NFL front offices, just like the Locked on Sunnables it is free and available on all platforms. Now do me a favor, guys. You keep it locked right here. And until next time on the Locked on Sunnables podcast.